and welcome to Geekers Creepers. This is the podcast where we talk about the geeky side of life and we talk about the creepy side of life. My name is Rob. I am your host and I am joined by Kelly Kapowski. How's it going, Kelly? Good. I'm great. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. We are here today to do our final episode of the uh, TV show Geekers. Or not Geekers. I keep saying Stranger Things. Uh, so this is, we're going to be talking about episodes, I believe, is it eight and nine? Uh, let me double check. Is it? Uh, yes, eight and nine. Papa and the Piggyback. We're going to be going over the episodes themselves, what we thought about it. We're going to rate it. We'll also talk about how uh, I was absolutely wrong with what I thought was going to happen this uh, at the end of this season. And then we'll talk about a little bit at the end what we think will happen next season. Uh, anything to start out with, Kelly? I know you have your fun facts. Oh, no, no fun facts today. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to do, uh, uh, we're going to wing it a bit here because I was looking at the, um, to our listeners, I was looking up the Stranger Things Wikipedia to do a summary, but that summary seems a little too bare. It doesn't have too much. But then um, then I looked up the one on the Wikipedia, and that one's just like, it's a book. So Maybe, let me see here. Maybe I will start out with the one on Wikipedia, just to kind of get a brief summary, then we can go from there. So, we have Chapter 8, Papa. And this one, it says, Vecna shows Nancy a vision of the future where Hawkins is torn apart by rifts before releasing her. The group determines Vecna needs four gates to enact his plan. Max offers to lure Vecna into possessing her so the others can attack him while he is distracted. Eleven, using her powers, learns of this plan and gets Owen to arrange transit to Hawkins. However, Brenner secures Owens and traps Eleven, insisting she needs to complete her training. Eleven realizes that Brenner had been using her for years to try to recover Henry from the upside down. Sullivan and his forces arrive at the site and kill all the staff. Brenner flees with Eleven, but is shot himself. Eleven takes out Sullivan's vehicles just as Mike's group arrives. Mike's group arrives. She refuses to forgive Brenner before he dies. In Russia, Hopper, Joyce, Murray, Yuri, and Antonov escape the base after discovering several more creatures from the Upside Down, as well as a shadowy fragment of the Mind Flayer under uh, uh, under the prison. Okay, so uh, does that uh, uh, um, what do they say? Recollect your uh, uh, recollect your. Um, uh, memory of the uh, episode eight, Papa. Yeah, actually, that was a pretty, I mean, all-encompassing summary for being as short as this. Okay. Um, so I let's see here. It does start out with uh, Eleven is confronted with by uh, Martin Brenner after banishing one to the Upside Down. And um, well, let me. Uh, I'm a little rusty here. What did you? Um, what did you think of the episode? Let's start there. I thought it was really good. I knew the last two episodes would be fantastic considering how good this whole series mm-hmm. has been. At least that was my expectation. Um, but at the very beginning, um, Papa stabs Elle to like sedate her when she decides she wants to leave, even though this whole time mm-hmm. he's been telling her like she's free. Like this is by choice. That's what they've always promised her. Yeah. So it is kind of an interesting change in that like that wasn't true that really she was being used and her starting to really understand that. And it's kind of bizarre because we do get the feeling that he cares about her, 
you know? And mm-hmm. so it is kind of like this back and forth of does he or doesn't he, you know, kind of, is he using her or does he care about her? Yeah, th- that's true. And um, I did get the, I, I got the same feeling. I'm like, uh, cause in this, so previously it always made it seem like, and I think they bring it up in this episode too, that Papa's using Eleven as a weapon to assassinate figures, you know, but, but even when you see it with the kids, he seems to actually uh, legitimately care about them. And he seems to also care about Eleven here too. It's just that he has a weird way of doing it. You know, it's like, well, you have special powers. So I have to, you know, you can't just, I can't just let you go out and do whatever you want. You have to be trained. You know, you, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's kind of like a football coach where, you know, like, or if you have a football dad, you know, like the dad might be like, you know, you have to, uh, I'm going to, or, okay. You know what? A uh, perfect example would be, um, uh, what's his name? Tiger Woods is dad, right? Like from a, from a young age, he just trained him, trained him, trained him to play golf, play golf. Some people will be like, you know, some, some people say, oh, that was fantastic. He was a loving father, um, brought him up to be this great golfer. Some other people might say, you know, uh, he was a kid, let him be a kid, you know? And with Brenner, I see him, you know, uh, he seems to be a loving quote unquote Papa, but at the same time, he's just really, really strict and wants the best for what, for 11, maybe that yeah. what's one way to look at it. And then at the end of all of that, you know, he's dying and he's asking her to forgive him. Yeah. And she doesn't, which no. I was shocked. I thought she would just kind of give him what he wants since mm-hmm. he's dying, you know, that she would just appease him. But she made sure that he knew that she would never forgive him for what he did to her. And I was like, wow, that's like an intensity I didn't expect. And I wonder if he's, uh, I wonder if he does die. You know, I mean, I think we're, sup- you know, it's, <laughs> I don't know. This show doesn't like kill it off a lot of its characters. So he might come back next season as in like surprise. I was well, he uh, already like was supposed to die once. Yes. And I, again, I don't know. <laughs> it happened twice, but. I, I, I always had this bulletproof vest. You didn't know about <laughs> 11. <laughs> yeah. Papa, Papa finds a way. Um, <laughs> and then we also had poor uh, Paul Reiser. Does he, uh, uh, he tries to help out 11. Doesn't he in this episode? He's Who? like, we're good. Paul Reiser, uh, oh, what's his character? Um, he is, I know him as Paul Reiser, the, um, uh, he's the one that's working with Papa, the one that Papa, uh, he's going to help, help out 11. Okay. Yes. So he does, he switches to her defense mm-hmm. and tries to let her be free. And he's the one that's really fighting for her independence. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he believes she was ready and that even if she wasn't like, it was the best shot that they had and it had to be now. Um, yeah. And so he ends up being tortured by the government. Yeah. A poor guy. Like that guy was actually just trying to do the right thing from the beginning of this uh, season. Even when he visits 11, it's like, he's never really forcing her to, he's like, look, this is the option you have. Um, and he just gets the short end of the stick. You don't, you didn't know his name was Paul Reiser. No. Okay. So Paul Reiser. And I actually, I found this out when I was watching a video to prepare for this. Um, in the eighties, well, he, what he was in mad about you. It's a famous show in the nineties, but in the eighties, he was in a TV show called my two dads. And uh, it's about him and another guy end up uh, like a daughter shows up and they don't know who the real dad is. So they kind of raise, you know, it was like, remember three men and a little baby. You might not remember that, but yeah. you know, that was a real popular thing. And uh, so this is kind of like, it, it was like the TV version of that. Um, oh, 
But the funny thing is that when I was watching this, they were making fun of um, uh, uh, Stranger Things because, you know, like Eleven has two dads. You know, he's got <laughs> Papa and Paul Reiser. So, you know, they were just joking that it's another, um, it's like my two dads part two. <laughs> yeah. So at the beginning of this episode, Nancy also has all the visions. Vecna wants her to see like the end of the world. Yes. Another part of the very beginning of this. Um, we'll go to that next then. So, yeah, she does show uh, all the visions to her. Um, Again, why Nancy? I don't know. You, you have a theory on why he's decided just Nancy? I think all the other characters had like a big part in this episode, mm-hmm. except her. I don't know. I, I feel like even in both episodes of the finale, Nancy didn't have as much of a role as a lot of the mm-hmm. other characters. So maybe that was a way to balance kind of like the action, possibly. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a guess. I'm not sure why it was Nancy. All right. Well, after that, we get uh, Eleven is watching. Uh, I guess. Oh, well, she was. Um, she's still being trained. She's inside that Nina, the little machine, and she's kind of you know projecting herself, getting to see what's going on with their friends. It says uh, Eleven watches them from the void, getting no. Um, or as Max get, again attempts to call the buyer's residence, Eleven watches them from the void, getting no answer. Nancy realizes that something is wrong in California, and they have to kill Ve- Vecna to protect their friends, despite despite the protests of everyone. Um, and I believe it's at this point where uh, they hotwire the uh, RV. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Eddie kind of helps hotwire that. So. Eddie at one point doesn't he say he's like does anybody have a mask and they get the the Halloween mask um I was so I'm nitpicking at this but he takes it off once inside the van like what was the point of him wearing the mask like you know like it's I don't know I thought I I was really like what's the point of him wearing the mask but whatever it was just a a comedic moment I do have a fun fact about that mask oh I uh let me guess. It's a. Uh, I'm gonna guess. Your fun fact is one. It's a Halloween mask, and two. It's the face of yes. William Shatner. Yes, it's the face of William <laughs> Shatner painted white. Which uh-huh. Anybody, me, a Halloween fanatic. I love Halloween. I think it's one of the greatest horror movies. I've known, I've known that for a while. <laughs> have you ever Have you ever seen Halloween? No, I've never seen it. Oh, it's a legitimately scary movie. It is. Um, well, we'll get to in a second where they do actually make a reference to Halloween in the. Uh, in episode nine. Yeah, they hotwired the RV. And I think it was Nancy who's like, not only did we steal their car, we stole their house. Yeah, <laughs> stole their home. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so true. I feel bad for that couple. They were just sitting out there, enjoying yeah. their time. And it's not like, you know, I was thinking, I'm like, well, they should just go call the police. But I'm like, this is 1980s. You just don't have a cell phone. They took their phone. Or uh, maybe, they did, maybe they did have a phone in there. But they took everything. Um, yeah, they could have stolen anybody's car, but they chose to steal the whole <laughs> of well. yeah. So with that, all of a sudden we have uh, finally, uh, what's his name? Or not finally, but uh, we have uh, Steve driving and they go to a gun shop. Oh, okay. And, yeah, I about this part. Yeah, they end up uh, they end up running to the uh, the other kids, including uh, Steve. Is it not Steve? Jason. And Jason has that weird confrontation with... Uh, uh, what's her name? Is it Natalie? Uh, Nancy. Nancy. I'm sorry, Nancy. Yeah. Where, so, uh, I don't know. This whole scene was like troublesome to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was because it came off so unrealistic 
Yeah. Or maybe it's just the, the times were so different in like a rural area, maybe that it's like hard to really understand, but how a bunch of children go and buy shotguns and like straight up firearms. Like, yeah, I, I agree. I think that was, I'm going to, I'm going to track that up to the fact that um, there was that panic that there's a serial killer there that maybe they're just saying, Hey, buy whatever you want. You know um, it's, it's in the middle of, middle of Indiana, my, all right. So I've got, uh, let me ask you, what is your opinion on Jason? So Jason is the witch hunter. Okay. Witch hunt with no evidence to, I guess, hurt um, Eddie definitely, but kind of Mm -hmm. all of them. He's because they're he feels like they're all defending Eddie or have like must have something to do with it because they're not handing him over. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's a, very much like a creepy character. All right. So every I've listened to a few podcasts and most people are we're, what, are saying what you're saying. They're like, we hate Jason. This guy's just a creep. Um, he's a jerk. I and I'm taking this is a very controversial stance. So. This is a Geekers Creepers controversial stance. This this is not uh, any way reflect on Kelly. This is all me. <laughs> I think that see okay. So we're we watch this show with the viewpoint knowing exactly what's going on. You know that it is a movie with or a TV show with these crazy fantastic creatures um, and another dimension, psychics. You know just this whole like absurd. You know it, it's entertainment. From from Jason's point of view, none of this exists. He's living in the real world. You know, his for him, his girlfriend died, um, and the next thing you know, uh, the guy who killed his girlfriend made a run for it, uh, and now all of a sudden, two other people have died, including his other friend, and um, and then the uh, the uh, the nerd kid. So they've all died, and 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 to him, it's a serial killer that's going on, and the cops aren't doing anything. So as much as I want to hate Jason, he actually is, he's the one that's the most sane from, yes, he's doing a vigilante thing, but look, uh, uh, remember when uh, Liam Neeson came out with the TV show Taken, mm-hmm. you know, and people were like, oh, I love that. He went and got his daughter back, killed all those people. What if at the very end it was like, well, you know why we took your daughter? Because she was an alien from another planet. It's like, are you crazy? You, you took my daughter. I'm going to, I'm going to get you. I'm going to, what did he say? I'm going to use my special set of skills. <laughs> but in this show, the thing is that we don't, uh, Jason is trying to be the Liam Neeson character. He's trying to get back for what happened to his friends and his family and his girlfriend or his friends and his girlfriend. I guess he, that's the downside to vigilante justice is that like, you can be wrong. You could, but no, and don't play. Would you ever think that it's like it's a Demogorgon and you know, and upside down, you know? And, no, and, things are just not what they appear a lot of times, mm-hmm. and that's why you have to like due process is so important because things come to light that like you wouldn't have expected or yeah, they and, never and, and I am in no say, in no way, say that yes, vigilante vigilanteism is okay. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that like if you were to compare if it. You know, like the Jason from Jason's point of view, his is even though he's doing something wrong, his uh, it's actually it's in the realm of reality. You know, you've got these other kids that tell him like, no, it's uh, it's this demon, 
you know, nobody's going to believe it. I think, you know, I just, I want to throw that out there because everybody looks at this and says, Jason's just an awful person, but they, they look at it because they know exactly what's going on in the story. I understand, but I think his character is also like overtaken with rage. Oh, he is without a doubt. Problem. Like he's not living in reality. He's mm-hmm. living in a version that he's created, which is, I know for sure what happened. He did it. And yeah. I'm hurt. Him. I, I, I agree. I agree. All right. So uh, let's go back to uh, uh, hanging out with uh, my favorite characters, Argyle, uh, uh, <laughs> Mike, uh, what's it? Argyle, Mike, we have Will and Jonathan. All right, this is where they're in the uh, in the car. They're in the in the pizza mobile, and we finally get to see what the painting was. What was your thought about that, Kelly? Oh my gosh, what a disappointment! <laughs> so much build up for a world of Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> painting. And Elle asked him to paint it, which I still don't quite understand. I guess like it was like a solidarity. Like. I don't think I don't think Elle asked him because I, I I've looked at that painting and I wonder if I can find it. I don't think Elle is in it. Let I don't see. think either, but she asked him to paint it of them. That's what he says. Yeah. And it was like they're not even fighting like the actual like mind flayer. There, it's like some multi-head dragon. Like, yeah, it's I think it's just a dragon that they're fighting. And they're there. in like legit armor. You know, it's mm-hmm. not even like it didn't really make sense. So I was very disappointed. My any sort of prediction I had about the relevance of that went out the window as soon as I saw it. it yeah, like, and, <laughs> and he's just like he's like uh, Mike. This is you. You're the heart. Mike, Mike has done nothing this season. <laughs> He's like, what if that maybe the most useless character, all he does for the last two seasons is want to be with Elle and just, and not want to hang out with his friends. Yeah. He doesn't have a very big part in this, these last two episodes at all. Even Argyle kind of has more of like, Hey, I know how to get her into like the salt bath. than like, you know, yeah. what I mean? even he kind of plays a bigger role. But yeah, I mean, Mike just doesn't uh, do anything. And then we have um, we have Will telling me he's a heart. I'm just like, no, that's not true. If anybody's a heart, it's uh, um, what Dustin. I would say Dustin's the heart of this. Yeah. You know. And and then all of a sudden we get Will. He's kind of, you know. So all right, you know your theory, or you said that you don't want it to turn out that it, one of his secrets is that you know that he's that he's gay. That would be just a um, I think you said it last time. Just it just kind of uh, it lessens, you know. The I, I don't know. I forget how you said it last time. That you don't want that to be like the secret he's holding in. Yeah, I just thought it would be something bigger than that. Mm. Um, I'm agreeing with you. I think that it, you know it, it's I. So this show, when I think it's going to surprise me, it just kind of does the. I've realized that it's not really surprised. It's doing the what what you expect it to do. It's going through those motions. I, I'm guessing that's probably what will happen. Um, I I agree with you. I don't think that should be it. I think like what he should be holding back should be something like you mentioned before that has something to do with the upside down, something with Vecna, that it's something he's, you know, that they kind of, they're misdirecting you. Not that I don't, you know, not that I don't want Will to, you know, I don't care, you know, if he's gay, straight, whatever, it doesn't matter, but it'd be nice that it's something different that he's holding back. Not just that. Uh, for a couple of reasons too. I, I just don't want now there to be this thing where it's like, 
Mike's got the thing for 11, which has been this entire four seasons for Will to come in and say, well, now I like you, Mike. It just, it, uh, it seems trivial. Yeah. yeah. I think if the twist is that he's holding something else much darker back, uh, I think that would be cool. Yeah. So something interesting in these episodes, I think it's episode eight is I didn't quite understand Max and like, the coma thing and how it opened the gate, even though she lived. And so I was oh. reading about this and it, they call it her one minute death. And that for that one minute that she died before mm-hmm. Elle resuscitated her was the fourth death and yeah. why it counted as like the fourth kill for Vecna and opened that gate. And so um, I guess that took me a while to kind of understand that like technically she did die, which well, is that'll, that'll be the next episode. She has oh. it, he doesn't die in this one just yet. Um, but then, of course, we have uh, uh, the crew end up going out to um, the van crew end up uh, uh, pulling over because they're, they're going in circles trying to find Eleven. Uh, my favorite uh, character, Argyle, notices the military tracks in the dirt. When he sees like, guys, come over here. I got something to show you or whatever. And uh, they see those uh, the tracks and they follow them out to end up finding uh, Elle, L and uh, Papa at, out there. Yeah, I now, felt like that scene was a little fantastical also, mm-hmm. where, like, the helicopter crashes, and they, like, mm-hmm. sweep in at the very end, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Now, I believe at the same time, we also have the, uh, the Russia subplot, mm-hmm. where uh, I believe this is where Hopper is having his last meal with the... Uh, with Dimitri or was it Enzo? Now, do you remember where Enzo comes from the name? No, it was the name of the restaurant that Joyce and Hopper were supposed to meet at where she ditched him. Oh, that's funny. I forgot. Yeah, they were supposed to have dinner at Enzo's. Hmm. So what did you think of that scene? The part where Hopper's kind of like uh, telling him that they're going to get uh, murdered by the Demogorgon and everything. Um, I feel like this whole Russian side story is just, I don't know, uh, takes up time, mm-hmm. I guess, to explain where these characters are since they're not in the main plot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I thought it was interesting when they were in the Russian prison and they found a little bit of the mind flare. Yeah. The spinning particles. I thought that was an interesting, maybe useful part to like the main plot. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time they skip to that Russian stuff, I'm just like, what is what is the purpose here? You yeah, know? and I want to talk a little more about that when we get to the next episode. So um, with this one, yeah, they do find uh, like the piece of that mind flayer's been imprisoned, and uh, which is weird. I'm I'm still confused, and maybe they'll explain it next season. They probably won't because it's not a big thing. But you know how are the how are they building these portals to get all the stuff? How are they getting the demogorgons, the demodogs, the uh, the mind flayer stuff, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's in the U S that uh, what's your name? Uh, 11 created all this stuff. It was here. And yet I know that they had the underground there in the U S but how do they know all this? It just doesn't, it, it, I, I wonder if they'll ever answer it. You know, it's. I just feel like there's a lot of layers to that yeah. that are unnecessary. Like mm-hmm. I just didn't quite understand, but in the end, like they're all back in Hawkins. So for the last season, it would make sense that they're all back together. Yeah. 
So I'm glad the Russian like plot side story is like finished. <laughs> I, I agree hundred percent. The, the Russian side plot was, it dragged it out. Every time it came up, I'm just like, Oh, here we go again. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, all right. So I think is that, uh, is that everything on, from this episode? I think so. All right. So with that said, Oh, okay. And uh, so finally, let me just go over real quick how this ends. Uh, the group arrives and uh, here it goes. And she and Mike will embrace a dying Brenner deactivates the collar. Eleven approaches him and lets him touch her face. And he tells her that she is his daughter. He's proud of her. And he only wanted to help her. Eleven looks at her friends back at Brenner and then lets go of his hand and says, goodbye, Papa, leaving her with her friends. Sullivan emerges from the bunker and both he and Brenner watch as the van drives away. Eleven warns her friends that they need to find a way to Hawkins or their friends will die. Max, Lucas and Erica are dropped off at the Crail house and enter. So this leads to the final episode. With that said, uh, what do you rate this one, Kelly? Um, episode eight. Yes. Episode. Eight. I, um, are we out of ten or out of five? Uh, it's up to you. You want to do ten this time? Sure. Out of ten. I would say um, eight out of ten. I think yeah, eight out of ten. Uh, with this one, I would go. I'd probably do a seven out of ten. Okay. A little lower. I was uh it well yeah, I'll keep it at seven out of uh, yeah, seven out of ten. I, I the eleven stuff for some reason that really doesn't do it for me either. Um I, I don't know what it is about like yeah, I, I'm gonna go seven out of ten. I'm actually always more interested in the, in the characters. What's like, what's going on at Hawk at Hawkins? And usually, that's the stuff that really gets me. Um, so I'm going with seven out of ten with this one. So uh, what we're gonna do? Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk about the final episode, the piggyback. And we are back. We are here to talk about episode nine of Stranger Things, also known as the piggyback. I uh, am here with Kelly. And let me do a quick review of this one under the Wikipedia article. Then we're going to go into detail about this and we're going to tell you what we thought about the episode. So in this one, chapter nine, the piggyback, the group enacts their plan. Max, Lucas and Erica go to the Crail house while Steve, Nancy and Robin go to its upside down counterpart to attack Vecna. With the bats being drawn away by Dustin and Eddie, Eddie sacrifices himself in the process. Eleven's group creates an isolation tank for her to enter Max's mind and fight Vecna. However, Vecna overwhelms her and possesses Max, revealing to Eleven that he has controlled the Upside Down ever since she sent him there. Mike professes his love to Eleven, giving her the strength to break Vecna's control over Max, but Max dies from her injuries. Hopper, Joyce, and Murray re-enter the prison to kill the remaining Demogorgons, weakening Vecna. Steve, Robin, and Nancy set Vecna's physical form ablaze and shoot him, apparently killing him. Levin uses her powers to resurrect Max, but the latter's brief death allows I'm sorry, but the latter's brief death allows Vecna's gate to open and turn through Hawkins. Two days later, the town is recovering from an earthquake. Everyone unites while Max remains comatose. Will senses Vecna is still alive, and the upside down begins invading Hawkins. Okay. 
So um, let's uh, first, uh, overall, what did you think about this episode, Kelly? Oh, this episode was really good. This is a tearjerker one. Mm-hmm. I felt like with all of the parts about Eddie and Dustin and all of that stuff, it was sad. And I guess with um, Max and what's the boy's name? The basketball player? Uh, Lucas or okay. Jason? Yeah. No, oh, Lucas. Lucas. Yeah, that part was really hard because he was doing everything he mm-hmm. could, you know, and he just, there was nothing he could do. And yeah, it was just, there's a lot in this episode that was emotional. So let's start out though. Uh, let's get the, the, um, the parts that, you know, that we were just talking about uh, that we are not big fans, fans of out of the way, uh, the Russian parts. So okay. in Russia, we have Hopper is, well, so, okay, in Russia, I think Hopper makes a phone call to find out, like he makes a phone call to America and he gets a phone call back from one of the CIA agents, the ones that had been working with uh, uh, the Paul Reiser character. Yeah. And somehow they find out that the kids are fighting uh, or that there's stuff going on in, in Hawkins. And so I get a little confused that at that point they decide that the way for them to help the kids in Hawkins is to get rid of the particles or the shadow. I don't know how they figure that everything's all connected. Yeah, I guess that they know that there's the war being waged like the underground with Hawkins, and they know mm-hmm. that Elle is like part of it, and that her friends are in danger. Mm-hmm. I guess, and like the Paul Reiser guys, like sending this lady to protect them. Yes. But then how do they know that they can do something from their end? The kids? No, uh, Joyce and uh, Hopper. Cause they, they go back. The reason they go back to the, uh, uh, to the prison is they say that if I think they mentioned something, how everything's connected, you know, how like uh, all the underworld or the under, uh, is it called the underworld or what is it called? The, um, uh, I'm sorry. The upside down. Thank you. The upside down, how the upside down is they say it's all connected. So they're going to go help the kids by going back to the prison and taking out the, um, at that point, they they call it the shadow, the, uh, that, um, the particle stuff, the, yeah. yeah, And and then when they get there, they find out that it's escaped and, um, and got into it. This is the way I look at it. That escaped the particles got into the Demogorgon and Demodog and brought them back to life. Hmm. Because or, do you remember? I don't know if you remember, but at that point, there's no the uh, the mind flayer. The particles are not there anymore. Right, and that, that guard was dying, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he was telling them that like it went into them, and they're yeah. like them, and he's like, Bleh. yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I'm just like, I, I guess you know, it's a TV thing. I'll have to I'll have to leave it at that. But I, I couldn't figure out how they could piece together that by going back to the prison, they were going to help out the kids. It's like, you guys, did they know that everything was interconnected? Um, you know, it, it just, I don't know. It, again, the the whole uh, Russia subplot, I guess they just needed them to do something. Yeah. Uh, they go back and uh, I guess uh, Joyce has that flashback of, uh, what's his name, uh, of her ex-boyfriend being murdered by the demo, demo dogs and tells Hopper, you know, I need you to come back. Um, then Hopper goes out there and 
picks up a what is it like a like a broad broadsword and takes out the the demogorgon. Yeah. Yeah, oh. I, I'm not a big fan of the whole Russia side story. But there is the one cool thing. Yuri does come out with the flamethrower, doesn't he? Does he show up with the flamethrower like birds about? Who was it Yuri? Uh I thought it was Yuri. I can't remember now. Not you wait, which is the one um uh Murray. Murray. Murray, yeah. Murray's Murray's yeah. But oh this brings up a good point about Yuri. So Yuri finally mm-hmm. comes like he I don't know, he does himself proud, I guess. Yeah. At the end, Enzo is like, I heard back in like the day that you were a hero. You yeah. know, where is that now? And it brings out heroic actions from this character that we hate yeah. the entire time. And so I really liked that part that he had an opportunity to like be a hero and I not did too. a sucky character. Yeah, they gave him the the peanut the peanut butter peanut butter smuggler. They gave him a <laughs> chance to to come back. I did like that. Yeah. And we'll get back to uh, in a bit, you know, the ending of this one where uh, Hopper takes out the um, uh, takes out the Demogorgon because that all kind of uh, culminates towards the, I guess, uh, first ending of the episode. But then let's also now talk about um, I, w- I want to save for me, I want to save the best for last, which for me, it's the uh, back at Hawkins. But what we have next is uh, uh, Argyle, Jonathan, Will and Mike. And eleven all stop at a um, at a gas station, and I think Jonathan's trying to get a flight back home to help the friends. Um, for because 11. I for think eleven, they're yeah, they're yeah. only for one seat, and they can't get one right away. So, and they can't drive all the way back because it's too far. So they decide that what they need to do is put eleven back into a uh, what is that called? The sleep deprivation. The sensory deprivation tanks, uh, which I'm going to say that is not a sensory deprivation tank where they put her. It, it doesn't sensory deprivate. You have to cover everything, right? That's why they give her the shades. <laughs> I thought it was a little weird, but okay. Um, they put the they put her in the, uh, oh, well, they have to figure out where to go, right? So, of course, Argyle. And the one time where I think Argyle does something useful, he's just like, he figures it out. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't. They need salt, right? He's like, I don't wear their salt. I, I, I do a bad argyle, um, and they find up. Uh, they end up going to the pizza surfer, uh, surfer pizza. Yeah, surfer dude. And he had the other guys like, "Hey, dude!" Uh, you know, <laughs> they they talk for a while. Argyle and his and his twin at the other surfer surfer boy pizza. Yeah, that, that part was funny. And uh, and they make a deal by trading a little. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, Paradise delight or whatever it's called. <laughs> Uh, they make a trade and they are able to have 600 pounds of salt and they're able to put um, uh, 11 in there. Now, before that happens, there is a little, there's an, there's two events that happen before 11 gets put into her, her deprivation tank. One is uh, Mike and 11 have a, uh, a nice little heart to heart where, you know, they're talking and they're kind of um, uh, it's like a little pseudo date. Before Argyle comes out with a piece of pizza and forces pineapple pizza down um, Mike's throat. <laughs> so, what'd you think of that part? The fact that we have Mike and Eleven kind of talking here. Oh, I I read a really cute thing that was like pineapple on pizza, like the war that never ends. You know, so it was kind of like a joke. <laughs> like that's a battle that like will never be over. Um, I 
I don't, I don't know if I feel like they've outgrown their relationship. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know what they're being like the distance and everything. I just feel like they've grown apart. Yeah. I don't, I, I, it does feel like it's a forced relationship. Like he's like, he, he wants to like her, but it, yeah, I, I, maybe it's just the two characters don't have chemistry. Uh, you know, the, yeah, I don't, it, I don't. It, they even talk about how, like, she says, you never say you love me. Mm-hmm. And so, and he's like, but I do. I just, I just don't say it or something like that, you know, but it just, I guess that seed was planted a long time ago in this season that like yeah. their, their relationship isn't like all romance. There's like a lot going on that like, it's not working. Yeah. And, and they try to give him like a little bit of uh, uh they give him a scene here where it's like, they're trying to work things out. Um, but I agree. I, 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 I wish, I wish they could maybe build their, maybe in the fifth season, they'll build a relationship to kind of get them together, you know, to, to strengthen that relationship, do something for those two characters, because again, it's going to be really annoying. Like, let's say at the very end, you find out that they just don't work out together. They both go their separate ways. You know, they do like a, like the eighties flashbacks, not flashbacks, but the eighties fast forwards at the end of every eighties movies, they would do, you know, a flash forward. 10 years later, Mike became the senator of, of Wisconsin, you know, but I don't want it to be where, you know, they find out that, well, 10 years later, Mike went on to, you know, work here and 11 went here and they, you know, they, they talk every five years. The reason is because Mike has been so annoying where everything's always about 11 that if you were to go back to watch it a second time, you're like, dude, it's, it's all for nothing. You're, 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 you're ignoring your friends, you know, you're ignoring Dustin, Lucas, uh, Will, all because this girl that you're not going to end up with, or she's not, you're not going to work out. It's not going to work out. So I'm hoping they'll fix that up. The second important uh, uh, scene is Jonathan and Will. And again, in this one, Jonathan, finally, finally, Jonathan is doing, you know, something uh, caring, nice, you know, this season, he's just been kind of in the backseat, in my opinion, really hasn't been doing much. But he does tell Will, and I did I did like this scene where he's like, you know, I don't care what's going, you know, I don't, you know, I, I got to be there for you. I'm sorry, I haven't been there for you. Uh, he even says, I think even Will says that he's been smoking too much weed. And, and he apologizes, says that he'll love him no matter what. What did you think of this scene? I think that Jonathan knows something is going on mm-hmm. and like that Will is not talking to anyone about it. Not even his friends, even in the van. If you remember, like when he shows the painting yeah, and then he starts to like turn and he starts to cry that only Jonathan notices. Mm-hmm. And I think that he knows something's going on and has been going on and he's not telling anybody. And that makes him nervous about what it is. And then he just wants to think to reassure him that no matter what it is, that he could talk, he could talk to him, and that he wouldn't judge him based on you know what it was. And and I, once again, you know, the question is, what is it that's going on? Is it is it going to be the fact that he's going to come out and say, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm gay? Is that and now there have been ever since like th- this has been going on for a while now with Will. This isn't just the fourth season. They, I believe, in season three or season two. Uh, Mike makes a comment to Will saying, you know, I, it's not, it's not my fault that you don't like girls. I don't know if you remember that. That's, yeah. you know, he does bring that up, but uh, yeah. I have a theory. 
And this has been a long running theory about Will. Okay. And that is, it's, wait, it's Will, right? The Will. Painter? Yeah. Okay. So you know how he gets that like tingly on the back of his neck thing? Yeah. Where he can feel if like the mind flare is close. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling that's going, because at the very end of this episode, he has it again. He has the feeling again. Mm-hmm. And he never tells anybody which drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. If that were happening to me and I knew what it meant and these other people also mm-hmm. were in the fight like to you know, kill the evil, I would mention it. Yeah. <laughs> I would just be like, hey guys, by my, the way. My, my neck is tingling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, there's a weird feeling here. He never says anything and mm-hmm. it just makes me wonder if he is controlled by the mind flare. It might be. That, it's just that, like, and, he's, and that's what he wants to tell everybody, but he can't. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and again, Will could be, if the story says that he's gay also, that's fine. I, I don't care. But I, like you said last time, it, for the buildup, just, you know, for him, we already have, you know, gay characters. It's not a big deal. And, yeah. um, uh, and look, I understand this is, I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to overlook the fact that this is 1986 where um, boys at that time were not the most acceptable when it came to finding out if your friend was, was gay or not. Um, uh, but it would be, it would be nice if, you know, if that's one of the twists, but also he's, you know, he's controlled by, you know, like you said, like, you know, that's the other secret he's holding back. Yeah. I think it's a cover because the mm-hmm. way that the creators deal with gayness in the show is not to like make it a big secret. Yeah, you know, it hasn't been how they deal with homosexuality with other characters. So why would well, it be that they they do with um, they they do with Robin? Remember, she can't come out. She does say she would be the town pariah. She does come out to her friend, like her friends, though. Yeah, she it's does. Like a big secret she's keeping inside, like Will is. Like yeah. she can't tell anybody, not even his brother. Uh, the, the eighty, the mid eighties was was not very kind to gay people. So I mean, it just it, it seems a little. Uh, it seems weird that Robin is willing to come out to her friend so easily. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I just feel like if they would do one character like that, why wouldn't they do them all like that? I agree. I agree. And again, again, this show takes place in, in the eighties, but it, it, you know, it's, it's made in, in uh, the 2020s. So trust me, there are a lot of other things that, that there, that the eighties did that is, that were, that were not, was not very cool. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we also have. Uh, okay, so after that, we have um, Eleven who gets put into the into the uh, salty salty. What was it? The uh, pizza dough freezer. Yeah, and then she goes. She starts to. Uh, she's on her way to find Max because mm-hmm. I guess Max is. So in in the upside down, we have. This is the game plan. The game plan of the Upside Down is Nancy, Steve, and Robin are going to take out Vecna by throwing fire uh, Molotov cocktails at him and shooting him. They got the shotgun. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, and uh, so then Max, Lucas, and uh, what's, her, what's his sister's name? Erica are going to the Crail house in the... Uh, and trying to lure Vecna to uh, try to attack um, Max, Max yes. in the dream world. 
And then we have, uh, and but the in the upside down, the house has all the bats around there. So it's Dustin and uh, it's Dustin and uh, Eddie's job to get rid of the bats. Yep. All right. So that's the game plan. Now let's start out with the uh, let's start with Dustin and uh, and Eddie. They uh, he ends up jumping up on on the stage or on the uh, on the RV at his uh, it's at that it's at his home right the RV at his home starts jamming out and uh, we, they play the uh, what, master master puppets by Metallica and out come the bats. What'd you think of this scene? Was this oh, scene? This is like everybody's favorite scene from mm-hmm. this episode. But my, I guess what was so touching to me in this particular part was that they dedicated it to Chrissy. Oh, that's right. He does it. After all that they have gone through, Mm -hmm. Eddie in particular, like especially Eddie, to still remember why they're doing all this, you know, and Mm -hmm. dedicate it to her. I just, I don't know. I felt like was mature beyond their years. Yeah, I, I, I did get a kick out of that. Uh, he's like, this is for you, Chrissy. And he's just jamming out. Yeah. <laughs> that they were going to avenge her death, like in mm-hmm. a vigilante way that is appropriate versus our friend Jason or whatever his name is. That is the opposite of that. And so then we have, uh, uh, we have also uh, Max going into the, sorry, going into the uh, uh, dream world to try to bring out um, uh, the uh, Vecnum. So this starts out where uh, I guess they, as soon as she enters, where does she start out at? She starts out. That like school dance. Yes. Like it's empty, but she's in the auditorium with the school Mm -hmm. dance, like one of her happy memories, but everybody's gone. So it's just her like waiting in her happy memory. And I believe her brother comes out there too, doesn't he? Like he pops up at some point. The one that that got killed, Billy. Billy, yeah, yeah, but it was Vecna using him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really him. And then she thinks of her happy thoughts there, which I believe was it a happy thought. Her and um, uh, Lucas at the dance. Yeah. And it's at this point where uh, Vecna finally takes her over again, and looks like he's about Vecna. For some reason, he was able to take out Chrissy. The kid from the class and the basketball player, like, take him out really quickly. But for him, he, like, takes his time when it comes to Max. Like, he's, like, uh, savoring it. So, at some point, it looks like he's about to take her out, and boom, Eleven comes out of nowhere and starts fighting uh, Vecna. They have a huge fight, and uh, and then it looks like, at some point, uh, Vecna's won. Because also, uh, Nancy, uh, what is it, Nancy, Steve... And um, Robin get taken out by the, uh, they get like, what is it? Grabbed by the tentacles and everything. Mm-hmm. So it looks like they're all done for at this point. Uh, but uh, is there anything you want to talk about in, in, in this point of the story where it seems like they're all being done for? Oh, also, um, after they bring the bats in, you have, uh, uh, what's his name? Dustin and Eddie who end up like getting backed into the corner with the, uh, with the bats kind of coming at them. Uh, Dustin makes a run for the real world. Uh, Eddie to follow after, but you know, he, he changes his mind. All right. Yeah, I just remember the vents. The, the vents. vents. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, no. <laughs> so anything about any of this, uh, any up until this, anything you want to talk about? 
So I thought an, a part of this that was interesting was Vecna's backstory. Like when he fell mm-hmm. into the upside down, he kind of, he himself explains mm-hmm. what happened and how he became the villain that he is and like how he uses mm-hmm. what he found in the upside down to become so powerful, which I thought was really interesting and in that he was almost like braggadocious in the way that he wanted them to know. Oh, is this the part where he says that he walked for a while and got to see yeah. like, that's so cheesy because he's like he's just like i walked for a while and i saw things you cannot even imagine i'm like no you saw a bunch of mountains and demogorgons you know that's it it's not like you I, nowhere do they show you stuff that's really you know oh i guess he also saw the mind flare yes and then he talked about how he like got a little bit of it and then created the hive mind which is exactly <laughs> how he yeah over. but even that so uh, all right and this is me just like be very uh nitpicky this because he also says uh he talks about uh, about the mind flayers like and then i i became the apex predator like the spider like (laughs) well you know there's other apex predators like a lion maybe or you know yeah you know you've got you got other predators that are much better than a spider (laughs) um and so i'm like i'm like like okay i guess I guess you have to explain that why the uh, mind flayer looks like a spider. Um, it just explained how he has control over all of his like dominions, like yeah. all of his, which I didn't really understand, especially because the mind flayer has been like since the very beginning and they drew pictures of it, you yeah. know, it's been like the thing. And I never really understood what it was. Like, I don't know if anybody has really like explained it. And so for him to explain oh. Kind of like what it actually was. Yeah. I thought was really useful to like the story, the plot, like through the entirety of the show, like not well, just the finale. I don't think we still know exactly what it is. We don't know what that substance is. You know, maybe they won't explain it. They'll just leave it like, you know, something in the um, uh, in the upside down. But I don't think they've explained what that is. But they do. He does explain how we can control it and everything. Um, he also, uh, I was going to say. Uh, Oh, when we talk about the correlation between him uh, and um, and Will, if you do, you remember how he was drawing the mind flayer? It's the exact same drawing Will does. Yeah, that's what I mean, and it's been the same drawing since the beginning mm-hmm. of the show. So, Will, you're uh, it's going to be a little backstabber. That's what I mean. And Vecna talks about how it's how he used the mind flayer to create the hive mind. Mm -hmm. And that is, I think what will feels when he feels like the prickles, it's the Mm -hmm. hive mind. He's being like called or summoned from the mind flayer. Maybe will turns bad. Maybe this, you know, maybe I'll be totally wrong. And this show will have like the most depressing ending where will and Vecna join to. I have a Uh, feeling he's going to self-sacrifice. No way. You know, you're probably right. But I think that would be that'd be so wrong because then you've got you've got Joyce who's now gonna have to live with that. I would feel bad for her, the uh, Joyce, because you know she's never gonna get over that. But do you remember a long time ago when they had to tie him to like the bed and yeah, give him like the four sedations mm-hmm. because he was like in he was having exorcisms or like whatever he was possessed. And like she didn't have the difficulty then. She was like, (laughs) get out of there, Satan. (laughs) Turn up the heat. Turn up the heat. (laughs) You're cooking it from the inside. You'll be tastier. Turn it up. Um, I just, I don't know. I get, I get that 
something's going to be up with that, that I'm not sure is going to just be fixed. I have mm-hmm. a feeling it's going to go down with him a little bit. Oh, well, we'll see. So at this point, we have everybody's in a predicament. Um, we have, oh, I also forgot Hopper's being attacked by the demo, demo dogs. And so they're all being, they're all stuck. You know, everybody's kind of, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen. Um, oh, also Jason pops up out of nowhere and they find out. Oh, so it took me a while to figure out how they found out where, how Jason found them there. Did you figure out how Jason knew they were at the house? I do. I remember, but I can't like, it's escaping me now. Do you remember the scene where uh, Jason says, you know, the scene where he's trying to rile up everybody to go attack the find Eddie at the uh, town hall meeting. Mm -hmm. And the one guy that walks out, the first one that walks out, he's like, so what you all going to do? Let's do what, what the boy says and find him. You know, he kind of like, he's the first guy that walks out that like the first one that says, let's go do what this, what Jason says. Well, when they're, he's walking by the Crail house and he sees the lights on on the inside, he looks over and I think he's the one that goes to make the phone call to tell him where the kids are at. Oh, but yeah. He rats them out. I can't remember. I, I do remember him finding out where they are, though, and going over there. That was a very, like, um, I don't want to say racist, like, but there was a lot of racial undertones in that entire scene that I, I guess had been building. I see. I disagree with that. I, 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 with Billy, I, I would agree that kid was a racist. Billy? With Billy. Like Max's brother? Yeah. I don't remember that part. Remember, him. he doesn't want Max to hang out with. He says, when he oh. sees Max hanging out with Lucas, he's like, those are, those aren't the type of people you hang out with Max. Like he, he says that. Um, and I believe, I believe I read somewhere that he was actually supposed to use a racist remark, but the actor himself didn't want to do it. So I just feel like the way that they like treated Erica was a little heavy handed for it being an 11 year old little girl. And like that kind of set it off. And then to have Lucas like crying Mm -hmm. and still like having a gun pointed at him and he's like making him empty. It was very humiliating and like degrading. And I just felt like there was a lot of heavy racial undertones to that entire thing. Now, here's the reason why I, and look, I'm not saying you're wrong. I, what I'm, I just didn't look at it that way. A couple of reasons. One, we know Jason cares about, uh, he has, <laughs> this is what racists always say. Jason has other black friends, right? Um, <laughs> no. you know, uh, but do you remember like one of the reasons he's out for this is because he had his other friend, I, the one that was the other basketball player, you know? And that one also affected him. The other thing is, and what I keep mentioning about Jason is he keeps going into the situation where he doesn't know about the upside down. He doesn't know about this crazy stuff. He shows up in that house. And what does he see? He sees Max, poor Max in, in what looks like, like some type of uh, like candles around her. What looks like some kind of seance in a trance. And he tells, he tells Lucas, get her out of that. And Lucas says, I can't, it'll kill her. He doesn't go into detail why. He doesn't say, look, this is what's going on. He says, I can't. And for him, it's like, what is going on? Who are you people? You know, are, is, this a, is this really a cult? And are you guys, you know, protecting like your leader? Uh, uh, what's his face? Um, Eddie. So but, I don't know. At that point, wouldn't you think Jason would be like, hey, maybe I'm in over my head here? 
Oh, I agree. If I was in that situation, <laughs> if I had a gun there, though, here's my thing. Let's say I show up and I've got a gun. I'd be like, I don't know where I'm at. I'm really scared, but I do not want to. I, my first thought is like, as soon as I put the gun down and leave, there's going to be like three other little Satan worshipers downstairs ready to sacrifice me. I've got to protect myself. And if, if you think about Jason, he was trying to help Max out. He says, get her out of this. He's trying to save Max also. I know people hate Jason. People want to hate him, but from, he doesn't know he's, he's coming at this from, you know, he's coming at it from a point of view. It's like, I don't know what, you know, who, who you people are. This is uh, That's exactly where he should stop because he doesn't <laughs> know. <laughs> and he's acting as if he is so positive. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but dude, you're just scared. You know, <laughs> maybe he would have been a, a perfect guest for Giger's creepers. Um, <laughs> so, so, and now, like I said, everything's all crazy. Everybody, even Lucas and Jason are going at it. And so then uh, Max is about to die with um, uh, against Vecna. And so now you have, uh, you have, uh, what's it called? Um, Eleven inside the thing and she's losing her fight against Vecna. So then what does Will say? Will tells Mike, Mike, you're the heart. You're the heart. <laughs> Again, Mike is not the heart. <laughs> Mike, Mike is Mike is the um Mike is the boy who just will not let go of of of, of his high school crush. But doesn't matter. He holds he holds Eleven's hand. He tells her that he, he finally tells her, I love you. All right. What did you think of this? I this is I I don't know if Eleven just has like never had love in her life. So she needs that so much, I guess, in that moment to be told that she matters to somebody or, you know, because even with her papa or whatever, like yeah. she was used, like, you know, like she never had people genuinely care about her. So I get that maybe like that does something for her. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is kind of the point where she gets what she needs and they can move on. And it doesn't have to be like them trying to have this romantic relationship where it can be that they love each other on like a friendship level that they'll never not be friends, you know, or something like that. But either way it works. His, um, uh, his, I love you. I love you ends up working and she ends up uh, overpowering Vecna. And, uh, and I think it's at this point where, uh, so it's at this point also where, uh, the uh, the tentacles come loose. The uh, the Steve Harrington crew end up taking out Vecna, who's you know still kind of in the dream world. Mm -hmm. They end up like uh, Molotov cocktailing him. Nancy goes all Rambo and shoots him with a shotgun, <laughs> busting him out the window. Um, Lucas gets the upper hand and beats up, uh, takes down Jason. Uh, Erica also gets the upper hand and kicks the other bully who was taking her down. And I, I like what she says, critical hit, <laughs> like kicks him right, right between the legs. <laughs> um, and the, so the, but we do have two people who are not so, uh, uh, who don't actually escape this. One of them is going to be Eddie who makes a run for it, but then comes back to fight against the bats. All right. I want your opinion first on this one. Cause I've got a very hot take on this. Oh, a hot take. Okay. Hot, yeah. Go ahead. My opinion on him sacrificing himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I feel like it would have been difficult for him to go back into the town and explain that he didn't do anything and go through that whole process. He would probably just be in prison. Okay. Um, so I think he kind of knew that there was no way for him to go back to having a normal life. And that this way he could go out doing something he was proud of because I feel like a lot of his time was being the anti, you know, being like mm. the hellraiser that was kind of like his thing. And I don't know he had a choice this time and how he wanted to be remembered. So that might be it. Maybe that's the way to look at it that he, uh, uh, he didn't want to go back. But he did not have to kill himself. That was one of the dumbest decisions I've seen in a show. When he did it, I'm like, what? Even at that point, I'm like, why are you doing this? I'm like, your goal was just to get the bats away from the house. You did that. He could have gone to the other side and joined Dustin. They got the bats out of the house. That was the goal. It, he ended up going back and attracting the bats to kill him. There was no need for that. He, they already accomplished what they needed to. Yeah, I think he knew that he couldn't go back. And that might be it. But I, when I looked at it, I'm like, it's just a very, it, it, it was pointless for him to do that. All right. But that's just, that's just my take, hot take. All right. <laughs> and then of course we also have Max who uh, Vecna does end up taking her and uh, she dies for just a few minutes. And uh, somehow a power that I didn't know Eleven had, she could bring people back to life. So uh, she ends up bringing, uh, what's his, what's her name? Max back to life. Now it's, I, I did like, I think you mentioned this part before that uh, it was really um, the, the character who plays Max, I think her name is Sadie Sink. She's just an unbelievable actress. Uh, like the part where she comes back and before, before she dies, you have Lucas there holding on to her, you know, crying and telling, you know, yelling at Erica, go get help. Max is saying, I don't want to die. I, not yet. I don't want to die. Um, that, that scene was really, uh, really well done. And then to find out that, yes, she does die. And, uh, and then Eleven comes back and kind of brings her back, but not fully. What do you think about this part? I blame Jason because that <laughs> would have never happened if he would have just not been there. The plan would have been successful if he wouldn't have gotten in the way. So that's frustrating. Um, I felt like they didn't want to let Max go in the show when maybe they should have, because yeah. I, I don't know, having her be in a coma with all of her limbs broken. Like, yeah. I was just like, can we just like let her go? I don't know. <laughs> I, I just feel like they were really trying to hang on to her there. Yeah. And we'll see. So after this, because at this point, Vecna's killed four people, which is what his goal is. The, the uh, clock rings four times. And all of a sudden, the city of um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, what is? Oh my god! I just forgot the name of the city. Hawkins gets uh, gets a gets split into four ways. Each time, it kind of a big T forms or X forms in the middle, and all of downtown the uh, the upside down starts to kind of come out of nowhere. It's just this big big earthquake that happens. Now um, gates open. The gates open. So. Uh, all right. So at this point, I think this is where this ends until two days later, right? Yes. And then they're like having the help, like mm -hmm. the auditorium where everybody's coming in and like dropping off supplies. Yeah. You get to see what happened two days later. The city's recovering. Mm -hmm. uh, you have the group of Steve, uh, Dustin, and uh, Robin going to 
going to uh, help out with uh, uh, with, with the like this uh, with the shelter. Dustin tells um, Eddie's uncle about uh, how great Eddie was. That which... was another really touching scene. I really <laughs> okay. Again, the, me being nitpicky, but what did the uncle say? Okay, well then, where's the body? <laughs> What's well, there were lots of bodies that weren't recovered. They had the whole wall. I guess. I, 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 okay. Look, I, I know, again, it's a TV show, but there's a few things like, the, you know, what did the uncle say? Where was he? Why did you go to the police? I know he didn't do it. What was going on? You know, ask more questions. Maybe he does. Behind the scenes, we don't know. But it was a good scene. Either way, it was a good scene. I think his uncle expected somebody to come up and say something rude. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what everybody did. Yeah. And so you got to see him, I guess, like have somebody appreciate his nephew the way he did. And it was just, I don't know, really beautiful. Cause he was in pain and Dustin mm-hmm. was too. And for them to kind of share that moment together of knowing that Eddie was not who everybody thought he was, was really special. I felt like it was, it was, it was a good scene. And also at this scene towards the end here, everybody is meeting up and they're saying, you know, everyone's, Giving the, the everybody finally gets together and meets up. Everybody from uh, Stranger Things, they all get to see each other. Nancy finally gets to see Jonathan. Um, uh, Elle finally gets to see uh, Hopper again. You know, it's, it's like everybody's you know a lot of hugs and a lot of a lot of slow motion hugs. And back at the cabin, mm-hmm. we're kind of like it all started. Yep, they're back. They're putting getting it all together. And where it all started up, and uh, that's where finally Hopper comes back. And uh, there's they keep mentioning the joke that he's a lot thinner than he was in the first, the second season. <laughs> so here towards the end, uh, right before, right before the everything, uh, the show, the the episode ends, they end up. Uh, oh, it starts to rain ash all over Hawkins. And oh, and by the way, it, it does say in the news that there was an earthquake that happened. You know, uh, and you got a Will's dad throughout the entire this whole season. Will's dad is just a big jerk. Like everything he says, you know, uh, like even I forgot what he says while he's watching the TV show or the TV news. Um, But he's just uh, he's just sitting there just lounging on his couch while the mom's doing all the work, getting stuff together, I think, for the uh, uh, for the shelter. Isn't that Nancy's parents? Yeah, it's not yeah. Will. I'm sorry. I meant Mike, Mike's parents. Or Mike's, Mike's parents. I Mike's, know it was Will. Sorry. I don't remember who yeah. it was. But yeah, I know right. Mike. like a curmudgeon. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, so then it starts to ash, it starts to, uh, instead of snow, it starts to, uh, ash starts to fall. The crew ends up walking, you know, out of the cabin and they see that over Hawkins is now like the, it looks like volcanic activity all throughout Hawkins. And that's where it ends. I think um, doesn't uh, doesn't Will like touch his neck again one last time or something. Yeah, it's very uh, apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. So what'd you, what'd you think of this ending? Um, well, I, I liked that it didn't feel like an ending. Mm-hmm. It did feel like a resolution to a lot of things, but it didn't feel like an ending. And I, I liked that because, you know, there will be one more season. Um, I'm glad the Russia plot line is over. I agree. At least I hope it is. <laughs> um, you know, let me ask, have you ever seen Star Wars? No. Okay. So there's this, uh, I, I'm not going to go into too much, but 
like there's the first Star Wars and the second one's called The Empire Strikes Back. And uh, the Duffer Brothers said this is a lot. They wanted this season itself to be The Empire Strikes Back. In that episode, in that, um, I guess it's part two of Star Wars, whatever you want to call it, episode, whatever episode. But in that one, they end up losing. It ends up the very end, they lose with the, you know, it doesn't say to be continued, but it's just like they lose. And and I think they wanted this to be just like that. And I could see because at the end of this episode, the Hawkins kids have all lost. Like, you know, they didn't win. Yeah. I guess like it's kind of in between. Yeah. Well, it wasn't like the last seasons where they took out like the uh um the mind flayer, they took out the demogorgon. You know, in this season, you know, uh we have Eddie's dead, we have Alec uh, our um not Alex, what's uh, is it Alex? Uh, Max, sorry, Max. We have Max in, in a coma. We have Hawkins now being, you know, tear down. You know, it's 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 like you have the upside down coming. So it's not like the last ones where they always at the end it seemed like a even though they didn't win per se, but there was like an inclusion where it looked like the kids thought they won. And this one they know that they're in a bad situation. Yeah, the fourth gate was open, mm-hmm. which I think was the defeat in a way because yeah. they were trying to stop that from happening. Exactly. And so, yeah, I that is the defeat, I think. Oh, and I mentioned earlier that I was going to say that they had a, a callback to Halloween. You know where they, they beat Vecna, they shoot him, they burn him and shoot him out, and he, he goes flying out the window? Mm-hmm. And when they go back to look for the body, it's not there anymore? Yeah. That's Halloween. That's very Halloween horror movie. Yeah. yeah. They shoot him and then he disappears. So what did you think of this episode, Kelly, out of 10? I'm going to give this one nine out of 10. Nine out of 10? Nine out of 10. Mm-hmm. I hate to say this. I'm going to go with the seven out of 10. Seven out of 10. Wow. Yes. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that they played it very safe, even though they lose at the end. Um, Like, for, like you mentioned, Max isn't dead. She's going to be fine. Probably about one or two episodes into season five, she'll come right back. Um, Steve, I thought was going to die. I was absolutely wrong about that, you know. But it's like, but the problem is now you've got the whole triangle: Steve, Jonathan, and Nancy. Are we gonna have to put up with that for the very last season? You know, it's like I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Argyle didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> no, Argyle's hanging on there. He actually became useful. So yeah. And then we have uh, Eddie who. Did die, but again, like it's it's the trope that they've done every year. Every year, the first season, you know, like what was it? Nancy's friend in season one gets killed. Barb, season two, it's Bob. I think that's his name, Bob. Season three, it's Billy. (gasps) They're all bees. (laughs) B B B. (laughs) And then this season, it's Betty. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. but it's like that if you're in it for one season, you're going to get killed. And it's like, I, I, I uh, look, I, I understand that they want to keep a lot of these. They're, they, they, it's a popular show. They want to keep the popular characters, but. But they do they, kill off likable characters, you know, that we and like are rooting for. Yeah. You know, so. But it just seems they played it. They played it a little safe. Um and the only reason I'm giving it a seven and not more is because I honestly really liked the season. Overall, the season was really good. And the buildup to where it went to, I'm like, it's not exactly what I thought. It was very good. I had fun. I've watched it twice. 
but I I was expecting so much more because of, like how good the rest of the season was. I thought it lived up. I did. I did. So real quick before we leave, do you have any predictions for uh, season five? Predictions. So I think Will is controlled. I think he's part of the hive mind. I think that more of that will come out. Maybe that painting will come back. <laughs> Maybe there'll be more to that damn painting. Oh, I love it. I love it's going to be like, I did not commission that. That was yeah. not me. <laughs> um, so I think that's going to be a big thing that comes out in season five is kind of like what's going on with the tingling and how mm-hmm. is it all connected and kind of a new role for him. Um, I think the relationship between Mike and Elle, I hope that they kind of flush out how that's going to like what that's going to be moving forward. Cause it's obviously not as romantic as it used to be. And I think that they have to acknowledge that at some point. Um, so yeah, I think there's going to be a lot that it's going to change the love triangle between Jonathan, Nancy and Steve. Yeah. Figure that out. <laughs> so because they seem to be playing it safe. I'm going to go with love triangle. Um, Steve will just meet somebody else and it'll be Jonathan and Nancy. They'll figure their problems, you know? Um, uh, yeah. I, I think, I think 11 and Mike are going to um, get together, stay together. I, I'm playing it safe. Last time I went crazy with my predictions and I was absolutely wrong. <laughs> They're going to introduce a new character in season five, only to kill him off at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Predictable. And um, of course, uh, Max will be okay within the first or second episode. And uh yeah, and th- th- then they'll they'll beat they'll beat the uh the Vecna at the very end. Do you think Eleven will live at the end of season five? You know what? At this point I'm gonna say yes. I would have oh, if no. If they would have killed off uh mm. uh what's his name? Uh Steve. I would have said they'll kill off 11 at the end of season five. I don't think they will at this point. I, I think she's going to. I think that she yeah. created the the gate and I think that she is probably going to go down with it. I, I honestly think that's probably the best way for it to go, but it seems like every the main characters live throughout the show. All of them. It's going to be the very end. <laughs> it could be. But that, what are they going to do when they do the spinoff? You know? <laughs> is there really going to be a spinoff? There is. Oh no. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. That's that's the that's the other reason why I think they're playing it safe because when I heard that they're doing a spin-off, I'm like, all right, now this is, you know, it should just be one and done. Yeah, that's lame. But um those are yeah. my predictions though. All right, we'll see. Oh, I also heard possibly. Now, I don't know if this is just a rumor, but the next season supposed to st- uh they're supposed to s- skip a few years. It's supposed to start in the 90s. That's interesting. That'd be kind yeah. of cool, nostalgically. Yeah, like, some '90s stuff. It would be cool. I'll say that, especially because it would look if the if the next season comes out in two years. By that time, those kids are going to be 22, and and if we're still stuck at the same time, they're going to be 22 year old kids playing freshmen, you know, or sophomores in high school. Yeah, it becomes more and more and less. You know, it becomes more difficult to believe that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's already difficult believing Mike is a, a freshman. <laughs> yeah. It's something they just gotta show <laughs> big gray beards. <laughs> yeah. Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, all right. So Kelly, thank you so much for joining. Is there any final any final words on uh this season of uh Stranger Things? 
No, I just thought this was the best one so far. Mm-hmm. I was really not disappointed in any of the episodes at all. I thought it was really fantastic. Well done. I'm excited for season five. Me too. I am excited. I, I did like season four. I would still put this one behind season one. Season one is still, have, have you gone back to watch season one? I did. Yeah. It's, it is depressing. It is. <laughs> it's, it's very dark. Like, like I remember what I was watching. I'm like, yeah, this is the, it's, it's different than what we, what were uh, these newer seasons. But I would still put this one number two. I think it was fantastic. It's very close to the, the first season. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens in uh, in season five, and the, we'll we'll come back and talk about this in the year twenty twenty four. So, with that said, guys, thank you so much, so much for listening. Uh, I would we would love to hear what you have to say on this. Uh, you can always email us at geekerscreeperscast at gmail geekerscreeperscast at gmail.com or you can follow us on twitter at geekerscreepers kelly thank you so much for joining us it was fun we'll have to find another show to do our uh, our talks about now if anybody has any ideas send them our way but with that said everyone thank you so much and i wish you the best in life love and gaming Good night, everybody.